Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whatnots Review Show, our weekly book club style podcast covering all sorts of different genres and mediums. There's bound to be something for everyone, uh, so feel free to dive in at whatever number you'd like. This week, however, we are talking about The Devil All the Time, a Netflix movie starring Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, and Robert Pattinson. Uh, so yeah, I've 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 heard of this one. Like I, I saw advertisements in this, yeah. and I was interested, but never really looked into exactly what it was. So I'm excited to get into. This mm. one. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Hello. Yeah, Melissa. How has your weekend been so far? It it's been okay. It's just the eternal struggle of doing enough things so that I feel productive, and not doing enough things that I don't feel exhausted. There you go. Yeah, you you have to f find a right balance, right? Of just like mm. I I can do this much, and it's not too much, you know hard i uh you and i were ta talking about the um oh yeah watermelon flavor mountain dew which i i i have right right here i, I bought a like a six pack of these so i'm slowly but surely dwindling down on those ones but i'm hoping it wakes me up a bit mm. um but yeah my weekend is off to a good start. I watched Man of Steel yesterday. Ah! Uh, so I started my DC Universe rewatch uh, so that I can eventually get to the Snyder Cut, which is already out. Mm. I haven't seen the original cut. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go back and rewatch them all and, and do it that way. So solid experiment i'm gonna be That's camping out to. here to watch all of the snyder cut uh in my movie discord later today nice that sounds fun fun indeed well let's get on to this movie the devil mm. all the time so yeah i i mentioned that i've i'd seen commercials and stuff you know how netflix does they're like hey you yeah. just logged in let's sh show you some thing that you probably don't care about you know and it's just surely like, just you came move. here for exploration and not to continue the thing that we know we just you just were watching there's no way you want to go back to that right you want to start another new thing that, that 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 same show that you've watched six times already you don't want to watch that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh that that's that, that was my introduction to this thing and it intrigued me because I think we're, we, we've all been enamored with Tom H H Holland as, as he's done a mm. great job as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Uh, and yeah, like that, 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 that was what caught my eye. And then I saw Robert Pattinson. I had no idea that Sebastian Stan was I in this oh, one. Yeah. Um, I so somehow that, that, that slipped my mind, but what about you? Like, is, is that a similar thing to how you found out about yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Netflix has a new movie, they make sure that you know about it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw that trailer. I was intrigued by this. I liked the cast. It seemed like they were giving some good performances. I was mm -hmm. on the fence about actually watching it. Like, is this going to be 
interesting? Is this going to be compelling or is it just going to be a bummer? Like, is it going to be too dark and sad and like sweaty? (laughs) Sweaty. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The movie looked hot. It's a hot movie. I mean, it's it's back in the day. They 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 don't really have yeah. air conditioning like we do nowadays, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. su- su- sweaty. Is a good. I don't adjective. like to watch movies where the characters are too hot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I I so I I really didn't know much about this. I, I didn't know like when this was really taking mm. place and all of that stuff. It turns out it's a period piece, uh, kind of from the like forties up through the sixties. Um, yeah, it spans a a, ge- a ge- generation or two. Um, I would say this movie was kind of a bummer not not yeah, not in a yes. like not 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 in a this movie was bad way it's a really mm. well-made film um mm. and it it like it's it, it's pretty good but it's just it's a downer it, like it's a yeah bad things are ha- it's the devil all the time as the title says yeah. you know uh, just, nobody yeah. comes out on top at the end of this Spo- yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert but maybe you could tell that I don't think there are a lot of Southern Gothic tales where somebody does get a happy ending. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it fits the genre. It fits the time period. It fits the, yeah, yeah, like it, it all works. It's a great film. I think all of the performances are wonderful. Um, mm. There is quite the ensemble ca- cast. Um, yeah, I think the only thing so the only the one other thing that I heard about this film was the choices that uh, Robert Pattinson decided <laughs> to make with his accent <laughs> uh-huh. and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a it's an accent for sure. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it's bad. It's just I think he's it's- doing what is right for this character to have. Yes, but if you put him agree. in another more down to earth movie where he's playing more of a regular guy, then it's going to be a lot more jarring. It's a little bit over the top. It's a bit eccentric, yeah. but that's kind of what his character is. Yeah, and he's a dude, fiery preacher. Of course, he sounds like that. Yeah, he, he he's a preacher. He's real Southern. He's a major creep. Uh, mm. Yeah. And so he just he has this like this accent that just goes up and down and in and out and it just it's just like what where is he getting this from but like i said it's uh they're all of the performances are really good and they're fun to watch so Mm. good stuff there so when i pitched this uh last week i thought this was going to be more of a crime and it is but it's yeah i I would put this like on the scale of like how crimey is this crime story (laughs) i'd probably put it real low like like a four yeah it doesn't really focus on that it's more about the drama and the kind of yeah the slice of life slash our families got tangled up in this big story and mm. it's it's more so about that than it is the actual crime. 
Um, but that, like, I, I think I, I was expecting more of a crime when I was reading out what this was about and stuff like yeah. that. Because there was mention of a serial killer and this and that. And I was just like, huh, okay. Not what the Netflix trailer showed me, but I guess I didn't really pay attention to that. Mm. So maybe it is. What were you expecting this to be? I I think I was aware that there was killing as a part of it. And I know that the genre does involve a lot of intergenerational stories. But I think I thought it was going to be more condensed. It was going to be more focused on Tom Holland. He still uh-huh. is the protagonist of the film, I'd say so. But there's a lot of storylines that don't involve him. Or they involve his character when he's a little kid. There's, it's a very flashback-heavy movie. Indeed, you are yeah. following the same guy, but it's not Tom Holland as often. Uh, yeah, and more of like a, uh, a story of something falling, crumbling. Like that, that sort sense. of decay yeah. is a big part of the genre. Yeah. And this is just a. Oh, it's about like fallen grandeur. Like you have sure. riches and like they fade away. You fall into bad luck, bad times. You're done wrong in a deal. You're trying to pick up the pieces. You're not at the, the class you once were. Uh, and I don't know how much of that was in the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer in a long time. I don't remember what was in it. <laughs> <laughs> just Lots Robert Pattinson yelling. Shots. Yeah. 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 I think it was just filling in the blanks from like other s- stories I remember reading in like American literature class. And I think it's, sure. it, it did end up being a bit different than that. It, it comes right out and tells you at the beginning. It's got this narrator. I think the narrator was the author of the novel this is based on, yeah, which is a very so- cool touch. Yeah, I, I, this is based off of a novel of the same name written by Do- Donald Ray Pollock. Uh, the movie, however, was directed by Antonio Campos, uh, produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. And Reva Marker, Randall Poster, and Max Bourne. Um, the screenplay was also by Antonio Campos and Paulo campos but yeah the narrator uh which i i i liked i liked his voice yeah the entire t- time and at the end there yeah it was like based on a novel by donald ray pollock narrated by donald ray pollock. i was like whoa that's kind of co- co- nice cool <laughs> it's like he's reading the uh, 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 audio yeah book like they sometimes yes. do. that was really neat but uh yeah so I, I enjoyed this film, but uh-huh. like I said, it, it is a bit of a bummer because it is so dark and gloomy and just like everyone is down on their yeah. luck and bad things are happening. Yeah, I and I, I, yeah, I, I appreciated a lot of things that it had. I do really like this is such a well cast movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of families in it. Like you'll meet these parents and then the, later you'll see their kids. Everybody looks like they are related to each other. Like, this is some of the best parent and child casting I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I, I fe- This might have just been the mood I was in when I watched it. I had a very exhausting week at work, but I found myself sitting there watching it just going, okay, yeah. 
All right. Like I, I <laughs> that's life. As much that, as I appreciate, yeah. As much as I appreciated the performances, I had trouble like connecting to anything and like feeling very compelled by any uh, emotional twist and turn. Okay. Like somebody would die and I'd just be like, Welp. Yeah. There they go. Well, let's do a quick plot synopsis for people who have not uh, watched this yet, and then we can get into housekeeping and spoilers after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this starts out just after World War II, um, and it starts with uh, this young guy who is coming back from the war, and he uh, has seen some things. He's he's yeah. seen some very scary things in his time uh and he's trying to readjust to regular life Mm. just to to be a civilian um and he's it's not working out exactly like he wants um it's it's not so bad right away that it's just like this guy is completely different but he's he's he is different though Um, yeah and he's struggling and it 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 starts with him and how he has changed and then we see him when he's older and he now has a wife and a kid uh and how his life has then changed yet again um and then we see what happens to them and we eventually start following his kid his son mm-hmm. uh who then grows up to be played by Tom Holland, uh, and we then follow his life and all the things that are still happening to him kind of because of some of the things that happened to his mm-hmm. father and 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 just how that like how I was gonna say like the 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 effects of his father's life, how that is still influencing yeah him in some way, shape or form. Yeah, ripple effects are the the big theme of this story. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's kind of it. It's it's hard to really talk about it without spoiling things. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is this intergenerational story. Uh, we at mm-hmm. first fo- follow the father and then the son. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a bummer. Like we keep saying, bad things are happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to that or like basic <laughs> plot synopsis? Oh, uh, well, we've got other storylines we are following. We're following, uh, the dad and boy. I don't even remember his name anymore. I watched this movie like four days ago. <laughs> following the dad and the boy. And then we're following the boy when he's grown up and he's Tom Holland. And then we're following these two serial killers and we're sort of following these, um, these family friends of the dad who mm-hmm. have a daughter who's friends with Tom Holland and all of their uh, yeah. mishaps as well. Yeah, Just a so circle of mishaps. Tom Holland's character, his name is Arvin Russell. Arvin okay. Eugene Russell. His father was Willard Russell. Yeah, so his dad comes back from the war and his mom wants to set him up with this certain girl, and yeah. he just doesn't 
care about that. So he goes Too off late. and starts his own. I already fell own. in love with this waitress. Yeah. Yeah. He he goes and starts a family with the waitress, and that's how we get baby Tom Holland. However, yeah, you there's also that one girl, and we kind of follow her and her family and what happens mm-hmm. there. And then, yeah, there is this, like, third, uh, like, piece of the triangle which is this serial killer um and then i i guess you could say there's a fourth and that is yeah with sebastian, sebastian stan, stan. Yeah. yeah so um yeah that's that, that that's a, a decent plot synopsis i'm sure there was a more succinct way to say that somehow but yeah we got there you know mm-hmm. we got there so let's get into uh, housekeeping, and then we will go on to spoilers. If you guys mm. did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. You guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just t- type in The Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, we just finished our episode one reactions of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Those are up on our website uh, and up on podcast feeds under our podcast, The Reactor Core. Uh, So again, just go type in The Whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, If you like what we do, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. We have a $3 tier with all kinds of exclusive content, and we are in the works to schedule our next thing to go up, Uh, so be on the lookout for that down the road. Uh, If you are at the $5 tier, you get a shout-out here on the show, so thank you, Sam, so much for helping us out, for keeping the mics on. We appreciate you. Uh, if if you guys want to watch us on Twitch, we do have a Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the whatnots. We are usually there each Wednesday for Friday and Sunday night. We do not live stream this podcast uh, out to the public, but uh, we do do our captain's log show. Uh, so that one is on there as well as playing some video games. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I was supposed to start playing Breath of the Wild last yeah. week. Didn't happen because I had major <laughs> ish- issues. Uh, so t- today, fingers c- crossed, hopefully I will get to record that and play that one. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But I think that wraps us up for housekeeping. So let's get on to Spoilers. <laughs> we go can you believe so, dumbledore died Carl, <laughs> you've done this joke four times this is like it, it, a rule every you time do it once, i'm amazed that he's in another goddamn four. movie that has nothing to do with magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah no movie changes the fact that dumbledore has died he's like you do you can say that about every movie you still can't believe it can't snyder believe cut's it, not going to erase it's that wild. he's still dead Dumbledore's dead all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The Voldemort all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I want to start with the way this movie starts, which is of a map of the area. This movie takes place across Ohio and West Virginia, I I think. I believe so, yeah. 
And we've got the narrator. We have the author telling us, you know, there's these two tiny towns in both of these states and these families have been back and forth through them and they're connected. And isn't it how funny how everything is connected? And you watch these interconnected stories and I never felt a lot of payoff from them being connected. And Mm. I wonder if that's because it was laid out for me so clearly in the beginning. Like there was no game for me to play to find connections of like, oh, if this character is here, that means they've been over there or this character is going to have to meet this character. Like he told me at the beginning, everybody knows each other. Yeah, I, I, I see exactly what you mean. I, I didn't think about it that way, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that this show reminded me of uh, was the anime Dururura, which is one of my favorites. Oh! And it does a very similar storytelling t- t- technique. Oh, wait, wait. We read Dororo. That's different. Yes, that I don't is know what Dururura is. Uh, <laughs> highly recommend it. Go watch it. It's wonderful. Uh, very, very de- 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 different f- f- from this, but it uses a similar storytelling technique where it is telling you multiple stories at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the difference is that that show doesn't necessarily tell you at first how they are connected or like when exactly they're happening in the timeline and uh-huh. so as it continues you start to like put the pieces together of like oh that's this person's like mom or this guy they're yeah. about to meet and they're like oh that's how that thing got started you know um and and this show or this movie does that but yeah mm-hmm. like you said spells it all out at the start and I think it would have been really, really cool to see it like, mm. like that was his father. Oh, yeah. man, like what? No way. But you're like, what this, this is re- the boy's father. And then yeah. just like that, okay. <laughs> what this reminded me of from our review show back catalog is Essex County, the Jeff ah, Lemire yeah. comic, which takes place in Canada, but also has so like these very small personal intergenerational stories very melancholy but it's not told to you how everything is connected you piece that Mm, together as you keep reading like oh that's that boy's dad and this woman who's uh the local nurse visiting all these homes we see her visit all the characters that we've seen previously in these stories like you could do that for yourself and i think that's the fun of it seeing seeing how everything connects instead of being told they are all connected and when everything was connected like i didn't know how to feel about it at the end i'm like i get i see yes (laughs) i don't i don't i don't emotionally feel different like when tom holland finally encounters um jason clark and he finally kills jason clark and, and kills jason clark's wife Again, I don't remember. I forgot everybody's names. Normally, I'm better at this. Leroy Brown. (laughs) Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Let's see. uh, Where's Jason Clark? No, that's not it. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, His name was Carl Henderson. (laughs) Definitely not Leroy Brown. There is there is there is someone in the movie named Leroy Brown, played by Douglas Hodge. uh, A Pimp mm-hmm. who keeps Sheriff Bo Decker on his 
payroll. Yeah. The sheriff murders him and his bodyguard to protect you his know, re-election prospects. You know what's so funny about that is that's Encyclopedia Brown's real name. Boy Detective Encyclopedia Brown. His parents did not name him Encyclopedia. He gave that <laughs> name to himself. His real name is Leroy Brown. <laughs> You'll learn something new every day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when Tom, uh, when Arvin kills uh, Carl and misses Carl. I will look it up right now. <laughs> uh, Sandy, I, Sandy I Henderson. Sandy, thank you. I never do this. I think I was just really kind of checked out during the movie. Like it never pulled me in. Like I was sitting there like, this looks good, you know, uh, for as much squalor as the film contains. It's shot well. You know, the, yeah. everything looks accurate to the period. Beautiful landscapes, great performances, good accent work. Tom Holland's accent in this, what he's doing with his voice and the way he's got his jaw clenched. Really impressive. I'm always impressed yeah. to hear him do any variant of an American accent. They always sound so different. Like I went to see Onward and in front of Onward, they had like a trailer for Spies in Disguise. Or maybe I saw both of those trailers next to each other in front of another film. I don't know. But I'm like, I, T sounds kind of different in both of those movies. I'd love to watch him back to back and good really trace his voice work. But anyway, for all the things I did appreciate about the movie, like I never got like really pulled in or really attached. It just felt so transient to me. And I, gotcha. I, do, I don't know what it is. Like I said, maybe it was like my own mood. I had a long week at work. I sat down to watch this like Five minutes after I clocked off from a long day, like this is the pocket of time I have time to watch the devil all the time. So I think it was like my headspace. This is not all on the shoulders of the film. I got you. Yeah. Anyway, so he, so he shoots uh, Leroy and Sandy and Carl, you know, and intellectually I'm already messing you up. <laughs> what? Carl and Sandy. I'm Carl. already messing Carl. you up. <laughs> Carl and Sandy. He shoots them. He ends that storyline to some degree. Then Sebastian Stan comes for him. Mm -hmm. But that didn't feel like some great meeting. It didn't feel like, oh, finally, these two stories are going to cross over with each other. Emotionally, it's intellectually, I knew this was inevitable because yeah. the movie gave me that checklist at the beginning. It's, it's the more things of a are connected. Because yeah. of, of this, right? Like, I think if it was a mystery and we were piecing it together ourselves, I think that would be the focus of the, the film. Mm. And it would be this like, oh, that's really cool moment, right? Yeah. Whereas this, like, it's a tragedy and you know that from the start and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And you're just like, uh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. That was it. I guess, <laughs> you know, which mm -hmm. I, which I, yeah, I, I, I think is the feeling of this film. And I think even at the end of the film, when things do finally wrap up, it's not, it's mm -hmm. more hopeful than the rest of the movie, but it's also not like hopeful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's not this like super uplifting feeling because he like, basically tom holland is, is escapes right and yeah. he's in the, this hippie's car 
falling asleep, but there's this like line of like, he doesn't really want to fall asleep because he doesn't really know this guy, he doesn't really trust him. So, but that's life. I guess you just fall asleep sometimes. So, you know. Yeah, the whole movie had a, well, that's life sort of feeling to it. Like I sat there, it was like I was watching a a lecture and I was taking notes like I was just like ah, I see yes yes I understand yeah I see how that connects to the thing from before like I yeah. wasn't emotionally like oh finally Arvin has killed the man who killed his sister's dad he's yeah. taken you know he's righted things for Lenora and his family like I could like see that mentally but emotionally I'm just like yeah uh, t- Tuesday, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a it's an inter- interesting story. I I I would gonna say that this started out really really strong for me because of the way you start to see it connect. But yeah, like we've mm. been mentioning, by the end of the film, we're just like we know all of this. Like uh, you don't need to. Like there's there's nothing really else here for me to get, but yeah, that in, in, in like that that one scene where they're at the di- diner and uh, Carl is about to sit da- da- yes. down, and that's when Willard c- c- comes yes. in 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 his uh, in his military uniform, and and that's why he's like, hey, you know, thanks for your service. You sit down here, and I'll I'll go sit somewhere else. Um, like that moment was really cool it was like oh i like this like i this mm. is exactly like i'm 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 gonna love this and then it just it didn't go downhill in terms of quality but my interest in like what they were doing with things went downhill and i was just like okay not what i was hoping for but sure uh mm. and then it, yeah it just it, it stayed where where we've been mentioning it was there but i do want to ask ask you of the like four major kind of character slash plot lines did you have one that stood out as your favorite (laughs) what i liked i think was my favorite was lenora and her parents her dad is played by the guy we just saw in the queen's gambit who I, I really loved in that Dudley show from and Harry Potter. Yeah, like we said, yeah, Dumbledore a, all the time. <laughs> right. And he's so good in this, too. He's got such an interesting looking face and these very intense eyes. And yeah. he's able to play. He's kind of a, a little bit of a sad sack in the Queen's Gambit. And there's like a little bit of that here, but also this like kind of frightening intensity like is is this guy a real rough customer? Like, he's kind of scary. (laughs) And I like his story that, like, he gets, he's this preacher, and he has this whole sermon about how he was terrified of spiders. And, but, like, with God's power, he can confront spiders, and in the middle of the church, he dumps a bag of spiders on himself. That was He's like, look at me, the Lord gives me strength, I'm covered in spiders, and I don't care. And then he's doing this. And he Take does that, it again. Tom Holland. I'm the real Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is the, the Tom Holland project that actually does feature the most spiders. Yeah. <laughs> the 
most real spiders. <laughs> True. <laughs> that we see off off screen, we are told that like during one of these sermons, this is apparently a, a stunt he pulls fairly often. He's a traveling preacher, I think. He, mm-hmm. One of the spiders bites him and he gets all swollen up and he thinks he looks gross and he like hides in a closet for two weeks until the swelling goes down. I think partially maybe out of some vanity, but also about like this is I thought God would never let a spider bite me like I'm being tested, like something's yeah. gone wrong. I need to like commune with God. My faith find is out not what I'm strong enough. I, I yes. Yeah. Yes. Do something else. Yeah, and so he just hides in a closet. You know, he's got a wife, he's like got a baby. Does. He's not attending to any of that. He's just uh, in the closet with God. And he gets this uh, message, he thinks. And he comes out of the closet, his face is better. And he goes out, he's going to take his wife out for a drive. Like, let's go walk in the woods, let's go pray in the woods. And he takes her out there and he, he kills her, believing that he has been given the ability to resurrect her. Like, he kills her to resurrect her because that's what he thinks yeah. god told him he can do now you got bit by a spider and this is your superpower you can bring people back from the dead it is what him god I, this is what i wanted was more of these like acts of foolishness of oh no i screwed up instead of these more purposeful acts of my back is against the wall i don't want to kill this man but that after the sense. wrong yeah. he has done i feel like i should kill him yeah, it's you know if Tom Holland accidentally shot Robert Pattinson, that would be a different feeling. I think this is the one place where we get the oh whoops, oh no, oh no, and he's just freaking out. He's killed his wife. He buries his wife in the woods, and then he's like trying to escape. And then Carl and Sandy get him, and he's their yeah. first murder victim. No, not their first, which one is, of their first murder victims. Yeah, well, he yeah I I. I... Don't, I don't know if they say he's legitimately the first or he's just yeah. er, er, early on. But that's also a plot thread that at that point we don't see what happens. And they, the, the guy just leaves his brother in the car and we yeah. don't find out what happens. Like just right. somewhere along the line, they stop the car maybe to like go get gas because maybe they ran mm-hmm. out of gas. I don't know. Um, and yeah, he like walked off and started hitchhiking while his brother is still in the car, wakes up to him not there and is just like, uh, what's going on? (laughs) And then we never see him again. And and just like, movie just leaves him behind and it's wild. Like, yeah, I, 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 I I do kind of like that aspect where it is this just like oh shit i messed up like what am Mm -hmm. i doing i need to fix this um because i I think that is maybe more entertaining to watch than like a purposeful which i mean mm, i think they're both entertaining but the like screw up is more entertaining in a like yes. haha funny like let's watch how this you, you, you know mm. pans out whereas the like purposeful stuff is entertaining but it's there's so much tension and drama and it's more it like yeah weighs more on you just like ooh, like i've i feel sad i feel depressed yeah. 
Right. I like when tragedy has got like a, a sliver of dark comedy running through it where it, it kind of stops and nods at this is a level of tragedy that is almost comedic. How preposterous yeah. this situation is when yeah. you kill your wife because you think God gave you the ability to resurrect the dead. The only other character that I think had that in them was the preacher. Uh because he is so eccentric with his accent, right? He is so... The whole, like, uh, potluck scene where he is the oh only one who's allowed to get food first and start eating. And then just, like, it's ridiculous. So yeah, dumb. it's this crazy stunt. So, like, Tom Holland, after his parents die, lives with his grandma. And he, they uh, there's a new preacher coming to town. Because the old preacher, like, he's having health troubles. He's like, I'm going away for a while to, to mm -hmm. heal. Uh, my nephew is going to come uh, run the church for several months, a year, whatever. And so there's this big party to welcome the preacher and everybody's bringing this food. And the grandma wants to bring something really impressive. Like she's like, I never get the chance to make it. But people tell me I make a really good steak. Should I buy the steak? And Arvin's like, no, nope, grandma, you're such an amazing cook. It doesn't matter what you cook. Just get like the livers. Just get the cheap meat. Like I believe in your ability to do it up fine enough that this preacher will be impressed and they bring it out the food and like all the food is laid out and the preacher does this stunt where he's like, like he's like i ate from the food and i i am going to eat all of these livers the cheapest meats here so that you my people you it can take the from the more high quality meats i sacrifice for you god is telling me eat the worst food here but he he's also like he's he he like tasted the sauce when they first wa walked in and he like he knows how good they are so he's just like you know I want oh. all the good stuff for me so I'm gonna eat all of these <laughs> and they are so mad and so so like like stuff like that and then I think even the scene when and again I don't I don't know you you guys know me I'm I'm the one that's Right, it's a curse names. that has afflicted both of us. Uh, Lenora is yeah. I did. Is yeah, Arvin steps Hester. So when when she is in the car with 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 him and and the preacher is 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 like, well, ha like, have you shown yourself to God? Mm. If like, it's creepy, it's disgusting, it's all of that stuff, mm. but it's it has that air of ridiculousness of like. Who would fall for that? What's going on <laughs> here? What, like, what? I don't, it was, it was maddening. Yeah, Lenora, I think Lenora was the character that I did feel the most for. Uh, she, she's got such a she sad backstory. Happy. The, the, yes. No. Yeah, like, de, 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 despite all of the tr tragedy, she was the most happy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, like she she worked to find positive things in the world. You know, she's she's very loving towards grandma and Arvin. And she goes to visit her, her mother's grave every day. And, you know, when you put out the timeline, it seems like her she thinks her parents just disappeared. And then I, like when she's like eight or something, like it's like it, it takes them like five or eight years to find her mother's body in the woods. So like she's like a little kid when she learns my mother did die like somebody killed her they don't talk about it but you can see that she's got that turning point for her in her past mm -hmm. and then she starts going to 
once her her mother has a grave, she starts going to the grave every day after school. You know, all these boys. There's some neat bits of tragedy where there's points where you can see like a turning point where if somebody had just made a different decision, things would have gone in a better way. Like there's all these boys at school that have been teasing her and Arvin would go with her to her mother's grave after school most days. And one day he's like, you know, how about you just go on yourself? I have uh, something to take care of. And then he goes and he beats up all of those guys who had been teasing her and gives them the message like, don't do that again. And they don't. But because he's not there, then Robert Pattinson comes in and and manipulates her, Mm, gets her pregnant. And then she tries to commit suicide, decides not to. You know, no, I'm going to find a way through this. You know, I'm going to I'm going to love this baby. You know, I'm going to make a life for myself. But she's already put the noose on her neck and she slips trying to get down from the bucket and then hangs herself by accident, which is very sad. Sucks. Yeah. But also that like 3%, this is very ridiculous, which is what I like it to be at. Sure, <laughs> Not yeah. higher than that. Then it like completely changes the tone of the film and the feeling you're supposed to get after these actions. But like that's like those one in a million chances, I think, are very effective in, in tragedy stories like these. Mm. Where it's like yeah. you made like you made it, you stepped your foot like a centimeter to the wrong side or you picked mm. the wrong day to go beat up a bully like these pathways where you should have done just the next thing over and you didn't and you had no reason to know that you shouldn't have it's it's interesting that you mentioned that like you picked the wrong moment to go beat up a yeah because that like the whole the whole thing for arvin's character is picking the right moment that's what his father taught 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 yes at at the start like it's like hey you can get back at them. It's it's okay to like get back at them, but you need to pick the right moment. And so he mm-hmm. just he 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 thinks like, hey, I'm not gonna go beat them up right now when my when when I see them beating up my sister. I'm gonna wait for the moment when they're all separated and I can go get them one by one. And he sees his moment of of like. If my sister is at the graveyard, then I'll have enough time to go get them while they're all like at work or just getting off of school or something. Right. So he takes his shot then. And that's when the mm-hmm. devil swoops in. And it's just like, yes, ah, not the right time, Arvin, not the mm-hmm. right time. <laughs> yeah, not that it's his responsibility. I mean, he takes a lot of responsibility for Lenora. But not that it is cosmically his job to be there right. he's, to he's prevent Robert Pattinson from her. doing bad things. Yeah. Like he just like he did not do wrong by her. He just did something that he thought was the right thing for her at what he thought was the right time. Turns out it was the wrong time. And the good that he got out of that did not match up to the bad that was ha- starting to happen because he did that. Like there were wheels being put in motion that he couldn't mm-hmm. see. Yeah. And I do like that part of the story. Yeah. That's that's it's but I, that's I, always interesting when they can do stuff like that. Um but I don't know. Yeah. So one of my other complaints with this movie, um I I want to say it was maybe about half an hour too long. Yeah. I I I I like all of the stuff that they 
did with the like it's not not even really flashbacks but like the first half an hour of the film is focusing on the father willard uh-huh. and what happened to him and his la 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 life and all that stuff and it isn't until about like maybe 30 40 minutes into the film then we meet uh tom ha, 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 holland's version of the character we see him when he's like a younger child but he's played by someone else um so yeah with tom holland basically being the main character of the movie it's a little strange that we don't see him for like the first 40 minutes mm-hmm. um, and so i i feel like they could have done uh they could have done a better job of like condensing that first 30 yeah. minutes ish and maybe actually having those be flash backs mm. or like specific strategic like uh there was this flash of this scene uh when they met at the diner or just like a, a quicker montage i think we would have understood it just the same um mm-hmm might not have had the same effect might not mm. have made it a better movie but i i don't know it just it felt half an hour too long and it and like it, it, yeah. you, you look at you look at, at it and it's like well if he's the main character i guess you could just chop off that bit but <laughs> i don't know like that yeah. that's not the end all solution with that so i i don't know what to do with that no not i i see what you're saying i this movie is very slow mm-hmm. and it's got a sort of languid pace to it, which fits uh, it being a Southern Gothic story. You know, it's a place yeah. <laughs> everything's hot and everything's slow. They're all sweaty. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's sweaty. So the story doesn't move very fast. But uh, <laughs> I would like click on my remote to see how much of the movie was left. And I'd be like, what else is going to happen in the next 45 minutes? Right. Like yeah. I knew there was the the kind of checkbox quality laid out to me at the beginning of these things are connected. So I'm, I'm waiting to see how they're connected, but just as like a measure of time, it's just like something on a, a to-do list for me. I'm not, I wasn't excited to see, is he, is he ever going to meet Jason Clark? Then what happens? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> I think I go ahead. To get back to the narration again, we've been talking a lot about how that narration fits into the movie. We've covered some stories that have great narration. Just a couple weeks ago, we read The Vision. Yeah. Which which is a comic book that I think uses its narration to to great effect, where it's got a, a real sense of tension. Like when the visions move into their house and their neighbors come and visit them, there's this narration bubble that says, a couple weeks from then, one of the vision children will set their house on fire by mistake. And these will be those characters last thoughts. And like, you do (laughs) like, you've got this hint, like you've got this hook, but like no clues. And so you're spending the time looking for the clues. Like when is this happening? What, which one of the kids is going to light their house on fire? How are they going to light their house on fire? Like, is it on purpose? Is it an accident? Like that's, uh, you got a lot of tension out of that. And I didn't feel a lot of tension. I think cause it was like, laid out there was you were told that everything was connected i think if the narration was a bit more abstract and a bit more thematic and a bit more of this sort of like cosmic muse sort of uh impartial 
judge just sort of watching over and commenting on the lives of men. If it was a little bit less personal. Let me ask you this. We can't really review a movie that we didn't watch, right? But how would you have felt if it was narrated by the devil? And he's the one that's like (laughs) setting things up and like pushing things into place. Well, how do we but not, how do we know this isn't the devil? I mean, Although we don't. I would love if the movie started with hi, I'm the devil. Uh let's look at this little town in Ohio. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hi, I am John Devil. I would like to welcome you to Devil All the Time. But <laughs> thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Like I, I, but like not in a comedic way is what I mean. Yeah. But like, like that menacing thing that you just mentioned from the vision of like mm-hmm. in in twenty years from now, Arvin will murder the people that killed so and so. So you know, if uh-huh. we see that and we start being like, oh, how is he? You know, how is he gonna yeah. do that? Or, or 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 like when he goes to uh beat up the people that are that have been picking on his sister yeah and that's when i stepped in to send the preacher to go do this thing and and it is this like omniscient but malevolent narrator of like i'm not impartial just being like and this happened next but it's just like and then i did this (laughs) and i sent this guy in i think that'd be more menacing yeah yes it'd be interesting who knows Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. what we got though yeah yeah like there's such a sense of menace that pervades the entire film it's hard for specific instances of menace to really make an effect on you I think this, I, mm, yeah. like, I think Lenore is the one of the most compelling characters because she has the most brightness to her to get uh, eroded, whereas Arvin uh, rarely smiles at all. Yeah. <laughs> so True. you don't feel as affected by bad things happening to him. It's like I, well, he's been there already. He did. <laughs> yeah. I. So I, I wanted to say, like, as we're t- 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 talking about all, all, all of that, I think, I mean, I haven't read the book, so I, I don't know how the book compares, but I feel like it, this seems to me like yes. this is almost a direct adaption of the book. And that's why yeah, yeah. they chose to do things Bef- the way they, they were and not a, like, hey, we're Before taking the I- book and maybe chopping it up or like changing this story yeah. line. It seemed like this was as much as they could a one for one adaption. I'm not sure, sure if that's true, but that's yeah. before I even like. got to the, before I got to the end credits, I'm like, I bet this is based on a book. I don't think I knew that, but I'm like, I can tell it really felt like, like this one. Yeah. feels literary. Yeah. 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 It really felt like that. Um, I, and, and I think like the point I was trying to make is that this movie doesn't have a lot of contrast. True. Like there aren't very strong light moments to offset the very strong dark moments. So when very strong dark moments happen, uh, I, I didn't feel very much because we've had so many minor dark moments happening the whole time. Yeah. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Sebastian Stan. His yeah, yeah. I, I, his we haven't talked about his storyline at all. Sheriff Lee Bodecker. Um, yeah, I I had no idea that he was in this film. He, 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 even when I p- 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 pitched it last week, I think I didn't mention his name. Maybe I did. I I legitimately don't remember. Uh, but it was a surprise to see him. I don't think I recognized him at first. Well, no. I so I I recognized him when he was in the car getting the hand job and then i completely forgot that he was in the film yeah yeah he goes away for a while him and and um carl and sandy they disappear for like a big chunk of the movie yeah i i would have liked to see more of carl and sandy too but um i like yeah there's this big gap where he's not there and i forgot he was in there and then when he kind of showed up in the like last third of the film and is mm. the like the final protagonist or uh ant ant antagonist i was like yeah that's strange oh wait he was also the c- c- cop that found him when he was a younger i didn't realize <laughs> that okay uh yeah like i i did realize that i just didn't like think about it if that makes sense like it wasn't impactful mm. to me yes. of like oh shit this is the same cop he knows everything that well, happened exactly and oh no it it was his sister that was the the serial k- killer and and st- and stuff like that like the stuff that i think should have had impact didn't and i think it left his character the weakest because of it cuz i i think he Mm-hmm. He should have been the piece that, like, once it mm-hmm. slid in, was just like, oh, this all fits yeah. now. Like, yes. that was his sister. They were the serial killers. That mean that's his father. Oh, my God. Right. Like, yeah, like that should have been, I think, the, the 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 thing that was the like, oh, my God, light bulb moment. But it wasn't. It was just like, oh, I guess that's the same guy. Huh. Exactly. There are no oh shit moments in this movie. It's just ah, I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Tuesday. I understand. <laughs> Dumbledore's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and like you said, I'm not trying to like review a movie I didn't see. I think it's unusual that I was checked out of this film, and I'm trying to look at my own life. Like, <laughs> what, was the head? Was it my headspace? Did I watch this movie? At, you know, much like Tom Holland, thinking like. Now is the right time to do this action. And then it wasn't like, did I think it was the right time for me to watch the movie? And it was trying to look at that. And I'm trying to look at if the movie was rearranged a little differently, would I have connected with it more? If if the narration was changed, if the editing was changed, I, I, I think so. To be honest, mm. like that, that is the difference between books and movies like books in it enable you to craft a story in certain ways there's certain tools you can use but movies don't necessarily have those same tools they have a different set mm. so you can t- t- tell stories a different way and like we said i i think this really felt 
like a one-to-one adaption of the book. I haven't read the book. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure, but it, that that's what it felt like to me. Like, as much as they could, it was one for one. And I think it would have maybe benefited from changing it up and being like, how can we take this story and better change it to fit a movie setting? If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something else that I feel like was maybe lacking in this that I, it's, it's usually a good thing when you don't notice the music in a way that takes you out of the film. I didn't notice any music period. So I, I like, yeah which is kind of strange to me like now that i think about it like i i i just Mm. i feel like i would have maybe connected to this more if there was more interesting music i don't know Mm. like that's a weird thought but it it just seems so uh, lacking i don't you're right i don't remember the score which isn't unusual for me i don't i'm not a very musical person there are a lot of that's times fair. when a score just flies over my head because that's just not the the sense that i connect with but i i did like the songs the individual songs that were played throughout the movie and like the moms singing their kids and like songs on the jukeboxes that stuff is there's is a scene fine. where who is is it sebastian stan that goes to that bar that also has like a, a brothel in the back of it. And he gets That's in a him, fight yeah. with the with like the the bouncer to get to the brothel section. And there's a jukebox in the room. And when they get into this big brawl, it's like when the jukebox is turning over and like there's no music. It's just the clicking noise of the jukebox, yep. like flipping one record over into another. Like that seems like such a natural place to put a needle drop to put like either like an appropriate song or like kind of like a weird song, you know, like yeah. something cutesy and it like that underscores the scene because it's so different from the violence. I kind of like the fact that it's like, no, like they, they choose to fight exact again at like the wrong time when there's no song playing. Everything is the wrong just time. The yeah. Jukebox mechanically clicking. You you mentioned that and it made me made me think, yeah, to to be honest, I think a touch like that is kind of genius actually in yeah. that specific moment right where it, it is this like it's the wrong time right where the whole thing is like pick yeah. the right moment but i i, mm-hmm. I think even the idea of the record flipping over and transitioning to the next one is something we get in this film between Willard and his son Arvin like Mm -hmm. the the whole story is the record flipping over from one of them to the next yeah where you get a maybe a little bit of like okay I see the song title so I know what's coming up but then we don't actually get the song like we we got the consequences of Willard's actions and his life affecting Arvin and mm-hmm. he's dealing with those, but we also don't really get Arvin, right? Like, we don't get him just being himself, being a kid, being, mm. 
like yeah. like is is he like he was reading comic books when he was younger like does he still like yeah. comic uh, i don't know you know like we we, we don't get what to if see one of these guys had spider powers right? he says to himself yeah uh like we don't get to see him just being a kid right so we, we don't get to hear his song is what i'm trying to say that's true you're right yeah there is uh some characterization missing from him or like things that have been taken away from him because of the past that he had yeah. like is when he's like eight years old is there a life he wanted for himself that is now destroyed now that his parents or his parents and his dog are dead yeah you know he has to move to this completely different town like, does he have some sense of lost potential? Was there like some dream he always wanted to chase that now he's like trying to get back to? You just mentioned comic books. <laughs> this movie this takes place in like the early 60s. I think it gets up to like 64, maybe at its latest point. I was sitting there thinking it's bananas that this happens at the same time as the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yep. In 1962. Because this, and even if it's like shiny comic book New York City, like you can still see enough of the real world there in the Fantastic Four comics. And to look at that and then to look at like this little community, it's, it's like this doesn't like feel like so the same time off. at all. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's, it's strange how that can happen, though, because I'm, I'm in r r Richmond, Virgi Virginia. But you go like half an hour south of here and you cannot understand the accents. And they are so southern. Oh. And it's just like, what? Like, I live half an yeah. hour from you. Like, how is this possible? And just like, yeah, those small towns, man, sometimes they, they have nothing and they have no connection mm. and they just move at their own pace. And it's, yeah, yeah that, that's I wild. like the. I did like the bit where the narrator talks about how Willard and his family moved into that house in Knock'em Stiff, I think. Knock'em Stiff. And how they'd been name. there. For, how they. Yeah, they'd been there for like eight years, but still that was a short enough time that the locals who were all these like generations of like farmers who'd been there forever, that they're like, those are outsiders and we don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel? So when Tom Holland goes back to the old family house and he stops at the gas station and asks for directions and it's the same guy that found him yeah. that night how did you feel about him calling the cops when he realized oh. who he was because he was the one that called sebastian stan to to go get him Maybe he felt like it was better for him to talk to the cops than anybody else because he was there for a traumatic event in this boy's history. And maybe he's like, I should be the one to like call who's ever on patrol on here and let them know, hey, I, I found a, a guy who I think is a wanted criminal. I knew him when he was a kid. His mom, like, like he watched his dad die. Like, I think this is a guy who's had a lot of trouble in his past. Like, be gentle with him if you can. Did did he know that he was wanted for the murder of these of the of Carl and Sandy? I thought he must have. Otherwise, why? I I don't remember. I that's, thought that's what you were talking about. It, well, yeah, he called the cops on him. But I'm tr trying to think now. Like, like why? Why? Why did he call the cop? They must have. 
they 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 might well i i guess they were looking for for him yeah they they must have been looking for him for the murder of the preacher ah yes and so yeah. there must have been some like apb out and you know how mm. uh, small towns are and stuff like that the word travels incredibly fast he, 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 even though now i guess he's in a different state um but mm. still just like hey this boy showed up that's strange uh hey police well, well, why don't you guys come on down here uh, but yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. I don't think that guy really had any reason to call the cops. Like, I, it was just strange to me that he did, and I was upset. I was like, why? Why would you, like, this guy was I, good. Like, he looked after the ki- I don't, kid. Why would, top I 10 don't, anime betrayals of all time. <sighs> I don't remember anything between when the two of them talk at the gas station and when Sebastian Stan shows up. Yeah, the conversation by itself, I don't think, was super important, but it was mm. enough to, I think, tip the guy off that maybe he was up to no good. Mm. Um, but he really wasn't. Like, he was going back mm. there to just finish things off and bury his dog, which he's kept the b- bones with him the entire yeah. t- t- time. No, he found the bones out there. Oh, he like he I think did? the dog's corpse was left in the woods, and he's he always wanted to go back. Like I think the night his dad killed himself, he was saying, mm. "I'm." That's why he goes out there and finds his dad. Dad, he's like, "I want to give my dog a proper, proper burial." Right, yeah. And then he's you know he's, he's taken away. He's into his grandma's. He never gets to do it. So he goes back out and he finds like the that makes sense. The, okay, the yeah, bleached, yeah. dried bones, and he's like, "Now's the time." The rest in peace, Jack. Yeah. Sorry, my dad killed you as a sacrifice, thinking it would get my Wild. mom to come back. Wild. Yeah, which mirrors what happens with Lenora's parents, where her dad's like, "If I kill her, I can bring her back." Like I have this. Like you almost wish those guys would have met up with each other because they're on like Com- compare weird, notes. They're weirdly complimentary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the more we talk about this movie, like there are well, there is some neat work symbolism. Did it work for you? Nah, man. <laughs> right. Like, there's some symbolism. There's there's themes. There's interesting parallels that are there. Like, I, I think this movie, this is a movie that does have depth to it. It Absolutely. has layers. Yeah. I, you know, there's things I appreciated out after we've been bouncing, you know, discussion often back and forth off each other. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie that you're not supposed to only watch once. You know, if you, if you can get through it a, another couple times, you'll get more out of it. Ah. Uh. Maybe I I think our comment before of just like everything is spelled out from square one though yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you need to rewatch it like you missed something or you'll learn something new but could be interesting. Maybe in the future I'll <laughs> I'll show this to somebody and just start the movie like five minutes in. Maybe. Like just, yeah. just get like if I don't show them that narration bit at the beginning, maybe they'll have a completely different experience with the with the movie than I had. Interesting. That'd be an interesting experiment. Just start it when Tom Holland sh- shows up, and then oh, at the yeah. end, go, go back. <laughs> or something. This is like showing somebody. Weird. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like them. Like the machete order for Star Wars or whatever name of the order it is, where it's like, okay, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, then we're going to go watch the prequels so you understand how Anakin became Darth Vader, and then we're going to finish it off with Return of the Jedi. Yep. 
Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Sebastian Stan was good. I liked him in this. I uh, was hoping for some kind of joke that I knew would never c come when uh, him and 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 Spider-Man are hiding. Neat, a metal arm. <laughs> but no, that, <laughs> I that remember you from that airport in yeah. Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that that was never going to happen. Uh, but yeah, good film. Very mm. depressing film, though. Yeah. Um, not not one that you want to watch at like an upbeat party. <laughs> no, no, I can't. No. I can't imagine that. No. I can't imagine at what gathering you watch this. <laughs> oh God. That, uh. Maybe if you're like a group of theater kids who are trying to practice your accents, so you just watch it for five minutes, Maybe, like pause yeah. it, like okay, do what Robert Pattinson did, right? Like yeah. If you're just having an accent party, <laughs> an accent party, that'd be strange. Like, yeah, who, who, what? The, you, you, you have to have like five movies. Like, every everyone brought their own to be like who has the most exotic crazy accent uh, like to, to to show us <laughs> or like well, we have a lot of british actors doing these southern accents yeah. in this movie yeah. maybe this is the context that it's it's <laughs> it's a training film for brits trying to do this like <laughs> to be honest i wouldn't this put is an exercise them to to do stuff yeah. like that mm -hmm. but who mm. knows uh, I think that's about all I have to say on this yeah. film, though. It's uh, it's an interesting one, but I think it's hard to recommend to people unless you yeah. are like super into artsy films mm. or stuff that is just maybe a little bit outside of the norm. But mm -hmm. it might be an easier book to recommend, maybe. Maybe. But it's it, like, but maybe it, but, I don't but, but know. Again, like, I don't still... know anything about the book. It's still and neat, I think the though, strongest part what of the, they did with this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think the strongest part of the movie is the cast and the performances. That's what drew me into it in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you'd be missing out on a lot of that if you read the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have recommendations? If people like. Yes. The devil all the time. What else would you recommend? So in this movie, we have Batman playing a, a fiery preacher. And if you want to see the Riddler playing a fiery preacher, you can see Paul Dano in There Will Be Blood. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his character reminded me a lot of what Paul Dano was doing in that movie. So kind of interesting uh, compliments to each other. You can watch a hero and his villain playing... Uh, well, not, not really similar characters, but doing some similar scenes, you know, the sure. same impassioned, eccentric preacher who rolls into town. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And this movie reminded me of when I was in college and I was taking a survey of American literature class. We read some William Faulkner. We read some Cormac McCarthy, both have some good Southern you know, Gothic storylines there. And I recently watched No Country for Old Men, which is based off a Cormac McCarthy novel. There you go. Yeah. And is also about these. Uh, that one's more of a crime story. Have you seen No Country for Old Men? I have. It's been, been a long time. Okay. But yeah, I have. I watched it for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. I 
that movie had a lot of what I was looking for and that it is it's got that dark comic thread running through That's all the, the oh, sad dark things that happens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That does a lot for me. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I think that one's it's uh, it's toned a little bit better. It's a lot more tense. I think it's also got like an interesting, slow storytelling style Mm -hmm. where like what you think is going to be the climax of the movie happens like 40 minutes before the end. Yeah. And then you're sort of watching the slow denouement. You're watching it wind down until it's just Tommy Lee Jones retired, sitting at his kitchen table, talking to his wife about how he had a dream about his dad. And he's like, I I don't know how to live. I don't know how to move along in the world now. Oh, there you go. Uh, so I have a couple recommendations as well. Mine are kind mm. of all over the place. Uh, okay. I already mentioned Dura, which is very, very different f- f- from this. Uh, it's an anime. It takes place in a city. But like I said, it has a similar storytelling technique where it's giving you these different stories from different places in the city and as the series continues you kind of see how they all twist in together um but Mm -hmm. i I like that one a lot there is a supernatural there is a supernatural element to it uh so be aware of that uh but yeah i like that one a lot it is very good uh another i believe it's a coen brothers film but also still very different oh brother where art thou yes uh yes. if if you want maybe a more comedic side of of that stuff i think oh brother where art thou is top tier uh in 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 this uh it's a great film um but that that I think is pre World War Two. I think it's like just after World War One. I, I think. Yeah, it's like the nineteen yeah twenties maybe or thirties. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that 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 one I think would be a good one if you want maybe a little bit more of the like dark comedy uh, stuff, and it's also a retelling of the Odyssey. Mm. So you guys can go check that out. Um, and then last but not least, I think the recommendation for just kind of the like down on your luck, uh, not much good things is happening. Uh, <laughs> go watch go watch dead wood from HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that series. I watched it last year year, year for the first time. Um, Really interesting characters. Mm -hmm. They're they're struggling. They're struggling to survive and make make their town uh, and keep it away from the United States government. And uh, yeah, just uh, like it's it's not it's not depressing like this one is. Mm-hmm. But it is still this like, hey, here's people struggling to make a la 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 life and them doing all of that stuff. And it's good. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it has Timothy Oliphant uh, in it. And I know a lot of people like him, especially since he's been in the Mandalorian 
recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Playing a very similar character. It's like, oh, okay. There you go. But that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. So. so next week on the show, yeah. we are returning to our end of the month monthly series. We're going to be watching season three of Halt and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. Last two months, we did season one and two. And then a month after that, will be season four. And then that's the end of it. And we'll move on to some other monthly ongoing series for longer content. So that will be episode 150, actually. Yeah. Look at us, right? <laughs> episode 150. Big, big kids. So what I am pitching is for episode 151. Mm. And I, I took that into account. I thought about it. And I thought that the most appropriate thing to pitch would be Pokemon I the first had a movie. Feeling. Be- <laughs> yes. Featuring the debut of Mew, the 151st Pokemon. <laughs> Great. This is uh very different totally do you need me to read you the back of the box do you need to be reminded what pokemon the first movie is about what is this pokemon that 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 that, that you're talking about pokemans pokemane isn't that a streber they it stands for pocket monsters they're little monsters they live in your pocket um you're too psychic and he can talk to you, you it's go. a whole thing yeah so we can watch pokemon the first movie there's also this movie on Netflix called, I think, Pokemon Evolution Mewtwo Strikes Back. Mm. That seems like it's a direct remake of this, but with um, contemporary CGI animation. Okay. I've been meaning to check it out to see if it is just exactly this again or how different it is. So if you end up going with this one, we have the option of adding that on. Okay. To you, find, discuss that too, you know, if, not exactly a compare and contrast because we might find that it's exactly only the compare. Same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. But yeah. Let's pitch number one. Okay. And I had that. And then I was trying to think of what else I could pitch. And I realized for being as a huge entertainment property important to our childhoods, mm-hmm. we've never talked about Pokemon before on the review show. So I thought I would look at other entertainment properties we've never touched on okay. in, on this show. So pitch number two is a series of Power Rangers comic books. Awesome. So, yeah. I think this, this is, is from Boom Studios. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers by Kyle Higgins, Steve Orlando, uh, Magreed Scott and Daniel Bayless. Produced by Boom Studios from 2016. Uh, diving into the first collection of our best-selling modern ongoing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series. After escaping Rita Repulsa's mind control, Tommy Oliver the Green Ranger joins the Power Rangers to combat the onslaught of evil attacks plaguing Angel Grove. Any semblance of a normal life is gone for Tommy now, but with his newfound family, there lies hope for a brighter path. Clicks issues one through four plus the prequel issue zero. And they've got a blurb from IGN saying... By striking a tone that ably flirts between old and new, the creators appear to appear prepped to give fans what they want, a darn good Power Rangers tale. I have heard yeah, I thought great maybe we could read the first about the Power yeah. Rangers c- comics from Boom Studios, so might be one we check out. Yeah, I thought we'd read the first two volumes of this, and these cool. are on Comicsology Unlimited. Perfect. And then pitch pitch number three. 
Another property we've never talked about on the review show and a property I really don't know well. I don't know. I know a middling amount about Power Rangers. I feel like everybody else I know who knows anything about Power Rangers knows a lot about Power Rangers. (laughs) True. I don't know too much. But this is something I really don't know. This is one of the last few like major pop culture franchises that I can barely keep straight at all. You brought it up last week. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Last week, you pitched some TMNT comic books. I went to pitch season one of the cartoon just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2002. uh, And I think it aired on Nickelodeon. It's like a it's a CGI. They've got kind of like a blocky look to them. It's that one. Yeah. Okay. I remember hearing good things about this when it came out. And it seemed like a nice introduction to the turtles as they have been in more contemporary media. So season one is 26 episodes. It's available on Hulu. And the little Google blurb is Cowabunga, dude. The turtles are back. Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael and Michelangelo are four mutant turtles trained in the art of ninjutsu by their sensei master Splinter. The animated series explores their camaraderie as they learn to rely on one another as they unravel the mystery of their existence and train to become the heroes they are destined to be. And they're doing all that while trying to defeat Master Shredder, an old enemy of Splinter who is training a peculiar band of ninjas while hiding out in New York City. While they're in the surface world, the turtles become involved in a conspiracy involving alien creatures, robotic droids, and missing scientists. And they come face to face with the glowing green substance that originally mutated them. Yeah. Um, so are, are you talking about the one from 2003 or the one from 2012? The one from 2012. Gotcha. It's like a kind of a blocky looking CGI cartoon. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, I think it was on Nickelodeon. Because uh, I, I was conf- confused for a sec because I, I thought you had said 2002 and i was like well there's one from 2003 but the one i thought you were talking about was from 2012 uh right and like this is what i was googling before the start of the show like i had to disambiguate this from every other piece of entertainment act just titled teenage mutant ninja turtles like there is no subtitle for this yeah uh i love this series i've seen most Ah. of it uh, I have a poster of it in my room. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, it's nice. a lot of fun. Um, there you go. Yeah, so pitch number one. Pokemon. Pokemon, the movie, the first one. Uh, Pokemon, the first movie, yeah. and optionally the CGI remake, question mark. Yeah. Uh, pitch number two was Mighty Morphin Power, Power Rangers. Rangers, the comics from Boom Studios. Uh, pitch number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated cartoon from 2012 that aired on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Those are good pitches. Good yeah. Um, I, I, to, to be honest, though, I think we, we, we have to go with Pokemon. It's it's one fifty one. <laughs> we we have to right. right? It, it was made yeah. for. That. Um, so yeah, I I think we should yeah, watch Pokemon the movie. How fun would that yeah, be? Yeah, I figured since episode one hundred and fifty is just like season three of an ongoing show, it's nothing particularly notable. Like let's make one fifty one something special or right? something at least particular, something unique, something that could only be that episode. Yeah, indeed, 
indeed. Yeah, I'm I'm excited okay. for that. That that'll be fun. All right. But yeah. Okay, next I'm week. gonna go ahead and watch the CGI one too. Cool. If you are as well. I probably okay, will. Both of yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um or, I, I would say like watch the regular one if you want to yeah. watch the CGI one. It'll yeah. give you some extra context. We might reference stuff, but we'll be talking about yeah, the domain one. It's just supplementary material. Like yeah. we're not, it's just like a thing we're going to check out as a curiosity. We don't yeah. know how much we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, cool. But next week, season three of Halt and Catch mm-hmm. Fire. Uh, we've been covering this on our end of the month specials. Uh, this has been a really, mm-hmm. really good show. I've, I've been enjoying it yes. a lot. Um, so I'm excited to see where season three takes us. Uh, they are leaving Texas and headed to California yeah. to start a new computer business uh, out there mm-hmm. and see how it goes with all of that stuff. So I'm excited to dive into that this next week. Yeah. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows we half remember. Uh, we just put out an episode on uh, evolution, uh, alienators, evolution continues. Never heard of that one. <laughs> you, you know the movie Evolution? It stars David Duchovny. Like the logo was a smiley face with three eyes. Oh, it's about yeah. these aliens that crash land to Earth and evolve. This is the Saturday morning cartoon based off that. We want to, it's our first episode of specifically a cartoon based on a movie that maybe didn't need a cartoon. Yeah, I I do. I remember that movie because I remember the smiley face with the three eyes. Yes. And I remember that they made a cartoon, but I just, I've never seen that movie. I've never seen the cartoon. So it was something that just like went out. Went yeah. out of my head there, but yeah. That's why it's cool. called Saturday Morning Obscurities. Good stuff, good stuff. You guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys w- w- want to stay up to date with our shows, uh, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that stuff. If you guys have some kind words to say, please go rate and review us uh, where you get your podcast. That would help us out a ton. But I think that wraps us up for number 149 of the What Not's mm-hmm. Review Show. So with that, we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.